We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. As the off season rolls on here in 2023. We're about a month away from the start of training camp and things really picking up as the Bears wrapped up OTAs and minicamp mini at Hellas Hall a few weeks back. We're here to talk the latest on the Bears, give some thoughts on OTAs and minicamp, maybe even a little early training camp preview. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, um, I think it's safe to say that you and I are kind of dealing with two different weather situations. I'm pretty sure Texas, it's like 120 degrees, and out here in Chicago, the uh, air quality is just terrible. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough, I'd say like week and a half, two weeks over here, and it's not supposed to be getting any better. So yeah, it's uh, definitely summer here, man. It's funny because we we planned a trip next month uh, out of state, and it's pretty similar weather to what it is here. And now we're like, uh, do we really want to do that? You know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's neither one of us like the heat, and I feel like the heat is taking a bigger toll on us this year than it has in prior years. But yeah, it's crazy, man. You guys are kind of getting some of that that California uh, smoke and all that stuff. Yeah. It, um, I think it's the worst air quality in the world today or something like that. It's the worst Chicago's had in a very long time. It's brutal, man. Like I, I went to my doctor's appointment and I was outside for about five minutes and it felt like I was just like smoking a pack of cigarettes when I was out there. It was that bad. And that was like 10 AM. So yeah, no, it sucks. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, I think my son has a little asthma type of situation. So I have to keep him inside so he can't go outside and play. It's just, it's terrible. But yeah, no, dude, I was actually in Arizona last week and it was like 100, 105. You called me crazy. I like that so much more than the 90 degree here in Chicago that we've had. Cause like the humidity is so bad that, you know, I sweat in 20 minutes out here in Arizona. I don't think I sweat one time. So I, I kind of like the heat. I know I know you've lived in the heat, what, pretty much all your life. Yeah, well, and there is a, as you know, there is a <clears throat> very big difference between uh, dry heat and the humidity. And, and that's kind of the problem here is it's not just that it's, you know, 103. It's the fact that the heat index is like 118 because the humidity is at 40%. So, oh, yeah, I take dry heat. I take 110 dry heat, uh, which I was used to where I was in California 
over this kind of summer any any day, man. It's just yeah, it's a it's a very different ball game. Um, but I guess the good news is is that I mean, training camp as we're recording this, training camp is less than a month away. Um, and even though I know, like you know, obviously if you're in Chicago, it never really gets that hot for that long. But it's like here. Even though I know that you know it, it'll be middle of October before it actually really starts cooling down here, um, it's it's kind of one of those things for me. As soon as training camp starts, like I could start you know thinking about football and the fact that you know trick myself into thinking that it's going to be you know nice fall weather here in, in September, even though it's not. Yeah, I I really don't want to complain too much about the weather because in December and January I'll be you know it's way too cold here. But yeah, I mean back to kind of football. Um, you know, the Bears did wrap up OTAs and minicamp a couple weeks ago, and the next big off-season activity is obviously training camp. Um, they announced the, the the full schedule right like a day or two after um, OTAs and minicamp wrapped up. And pretty much, you know, it, it's kind of like – I can't remember what it was last year, but in terms of like the, um, the, uh, the open practices for the fans, I want to say there's like seven or eight eight um it's not as much as i thought it would be um but yeah i mean you know they open up the report july 25th they open up july 26th and that's a closed day then they have oh nine so they have nine public training camp practices the first one on july 27th a nice training like 27th 28th 29th and they have a day off i want to say they're back the 31st and then it's like august 1st the family day which i think is great decision to do on a Sunday. I know that was like the biggest complaint last year was that they did family day on, um, it was like a Tuesday afternoon at soldier field or Tuesday morning. As remember Roquan Smith, like put out that message he wanted to request a trade and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, family day is actually on a, um, Sunday this year, but the news we got today as we're recording, this is the bears are going to host, um, or not host, they're going to hold joint practices with the Indianapolis Colts. I think that was kind of um, reported when the schedule first came out, um, you know, in, in early May. And then now it's officially reported, but it's, it's um, August 16th, August 17th. So Wednesday, Thursday in Indianapolis, um, 6 p.m. Eastern time practices. Fans can go. Um, they just they get tickets on, on the Colts website. And then the Friday off, and they'll play the Colts on um, Saturday. I don't know how you feel about these, Aaron, but – I like these. We saw Miami come in 2021, I want to say, Justin Fields' rookie year. We saw the Bears go in 2018 to Denver. They were supposed to go to Denver again in 2020. Um, COVID kind of shot that down. But I like them. I think joint practices are fun. I think you get to see another team. You get to see how your team stacks up to them. And, you know, it makes sense because Matty Rufloos has the ties um, to Indianapolis still. Yeah, well, and I think it's beneficial for, you know, a multitude of different reasons. Obviously, it's two more chances that fans get to go and, you know, check things out of, you know, if you want to make the drive over there. And then obviously too, you know, you're not just practicing against the same guys. Cause I think that's the one thing, like you talk to most players during training camp that they say, it's like you open up and it's fun. But then after like a week or two, especially now with the way everything's, you know, situated where it's like you start training camp, on, you know, practices start on the 26th, the 27th or whatever it is, but you don't actually play your first real preseason game until like the second or, you know, I think it's a second week in, in August. So there's a long ramp up period. Um, so I think it kind of breaks things up a little bit because even after that first game that they have, because I think the Colts are the second one, it's like, even after that first game that they have, they still have another like week and a half of training camp. So 
it kind of breaks things up again. You kind of get to, you know, stack yourself up against another team and, and, and see how you are. I mean, really the Colts are probably going to be pretty bad. I would expect that they're going to be worse than the bears this year, but it's at least an opportunity to, you know, get up against another team and, and, and make yourself, you know, that much better, uh, you know, going into those final stretches. And it's also a good evaluation point for these coaches because, you know, and I'm sure we'll kind of get more into this as, as, as we get closer to training camp and in training camp, but there's going to be a lot of roster battles going on, uh, whether that's for starting spots, whether that's for, you know, back of the roster or just role players, but there's going to be a lot for the bears to figure out. This is a much more competitive roster this year, but there's a lot open, you know, to basically competition at this point. So yeah, I think it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's definitely not a negative. That's for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Plus, we get to see Anthony Richardson. Um, that'll be kind of cool. I mean, they're you know, like you said, the Colts are probably gonna be really bad. Um, but you know, we get to see Anthony Richardson a little bit. Um, we get to see the Bears kind of match up against that defense. Uh, we get to see the offensive line up against that defensive line, which would be a good test. And overall, I love Indianapolis. I mean, the, the combines there every year is a great city for the combine to be in. Um, and just you know, having the, the joint practices there, um, it, it works out well. And it's just. You know, it's just nice to have and, and nice to see you get to talk to other beat reporters there and kind of get a feel for, you know, what's going around, you know, that franchise and things like that. I, I really enjoyed when the Dolphins came um, a, a couple of years ago. And, you know, like I said, it just makes sense. You know, Matty Rufus still has the ties to the Colts. Alan, Alan Williams was there. Um, so, yeah, you know, it'll be kind of fun to go down there and cover that and see the uh, preseason game because, yeah, I mean, it's preseason game number two. So, depending on how Matt Everfuss wants to do it, I mean, it's very likely um, that, you know, the Bears will have a good amount of starters playing in that game at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, yeah, Aaron, let, I mean, let, let's kind of talk about what went on during um, minicamp as it wrapped up the Bears – off season and you know the media was there for three days in a week um it was a tuesday wednesday thursday and you know for me it's you know you there's things to take away from mini camp and i feel like you have to have like two sides of this like either you're really invested you want to take things away or you're the type of person that's just like you know what let's wait to train camp let's wait till the pads are on um then i'll be impressed or then i'll get worried for me i'm kind of somewhere in the middle like i do think there is value to these mini camp and ota practices at the same time though like some of the stuff you have to like you know take with a grain of salt like for me 
offensive line play in general um, is, is something that you can't really fully judge. Um, you know, I did write in my three up three down that the offensive line depth is a worry for me. And that's more of just like, if one of these starting offensive linemen go down, I have no faith in the backups because I think you look at it right now, this offensive line, like Larry Borum's going to be your swing tackle potentially. Kellen Deesh will be out there as well. But then you have like Lucas Patrick as a backup center and, and Jatari Carter as a backup guard. I'm not very comfortable with that. Um, and like I said, it's really hard to judge the, the starters. But overall, in terms of the depth, that that was something that, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about still going into training camp. Well, I, I think that when you when you really look at, you know, j- just the roster as a whole, it's like, yeah, obviously they've, at least on paper, they've improved quite a few starting spots. But, you know, it, it takes a while to build depth. And I think that that's where fans are going to have to be a little patient in terms of, you know, obviously the development's got to go on. You got to get a few draft class under your belt and and be able to sign some of these mid, you know, mid-level free agents and really kind of build that up. And I think that that is where a lot of people get a little too caught up on, you know, the starters, because the reality of it is, this is football. People are going to get injured, especially talking about the offensive line. I mean, offensive linemen are, you know, I guess more prone to injury than I would say most positions because of how physical it is. And I mean, we saw that last year, how many times did we see the bears have to shuffle their offensive line around because of injuries to their starters? So yeah, I think, I think depth is definitely important. Um, You know, there are some still some decent names out of the market. I'm kind of curious to see, you know, obviously I think we know who the starting five is going to be at this point. I think Lucas Patrick is, you know, a a quality backup. Um, Jatari Carter is definitely going to be interesting. Um, You know, and then you talk about the swing tackle position where you're looking at probably Larry Borum versus maybe Kellen Dyche. And I I don't know. I mean, that's the bigger concern for me is you're looking at those tackles and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, what, what's the depth looking like there? But unfortunately, you know, there aren't 32 teams that have two good starting tackles, right? So it's really hard to find that swing tackle unless you're going out and drafting those guys. And obviously outside of uh, Darnell Wright, the Bears didn't really, you know, draft any other offensive linemen. So, yeah, I think that that's going to be, that's going to be a big key is just kind of figuring out some of this depth chart. You know, obviously you talked about the offensive line, um, you know, receivers, another one, corners, another one, like, it's a better problem to have than it was last year where you're like, well, you just kind of hope that one of those guys stands out enough to be able to make the roster and have a, you know, you know, have some, uh, you know, some value or whatever. And this year it feels like they're in a spot where, you know, they're going to have enough guys that stand out and they're going to have a few tough decisions make. And it's also worth noting too, because of their draft positioning, uh, you know, with their original pick, they're going to have the number one priority on the waiver wire, not just after, you know, the cut down period happens, but also, uh, the first three weeks of the season. So again, you can kind of turn out the bottom of the roster a little bit, kind of figure things out and kind of go from there. But yeah, it's, it, I think, you know, when I look at the schedule and I look at the bears roster and I really kind of stack it up with the rest of the NFC North, I mean, it wouldn't take a lot of convincing for t- somebody to tell me that the bears won the division. Now I don't think they will, but I do think that they're in a bad division. They're a better football team. Uh, but I think again, it's easy to look at the starters and project out 17 games and say, well, if these guys stay healthy, but obviously as we know, that doesn't happen because it's football. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of interesting battles um, during training camp. There's going to be a lot of interesting storylines. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, with this draft class, I mean, again, another 10 player draft class, but this time there's actually, you know, quality players taken 
um, you know, with some of those last picks versus just kind of throwing a bunch of darts at the dartboard and hoping you hit on some. So it's it's going to be very interesting, not only for the starters, but obviously the preseason especially is really fun to kind of see some of those back end of the roster guys. I mean, we saw, you know, people like Jack Sanborn last year who kind of stepped up out of nowhere and, and, and you know, won himself a roster spot and ended up, you know, playing himself into a starting spot. So those are the kind of things that are going to be most interesting, especially to me uh, early on in preseason. Yeah, and I think, you know, the thing that everyone wants to focus on, rightfully so, is Justin Fields and the offense. And, dude, I mean, I, you know how it is. It's a hot topic on Twitter. It caused more controversy at OTAs and minicamp again. Um, personally, you know, in my opinion, what I saw, I, I thought, you know, OTAs and minicamp were up and down. Um, you know, yeah, they're, they're not in pads, but for me, how I judge these types of practices when there is no pads is the football or, you know, on seven on seven, 11 on 11, your quarterback should look really crisp, especially seven on seven. I mean, that's, that's probably more so than the 11 on 11 stuff. Um, you know, you don't have a pass rush, anything like that. It's just um, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs lined up against linebackers and defensive backs and safeties. So, your quarterback should look sharp and the ball should really ever touch the ground. I, I thought it was up and down. I thought he had an up and down OTA and up and down mini camp. And, you know, he didn't have Chase Claypool for, for, you know, most of the off season. He didn't have Darnell Mooney for the entire off season. So all he really had was DJ Moore and, and they were clicking. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Those two um, were clicking and you could just kind of see that chemistry between the two and even players and coaches told us during press conferences, like defensive players saw it as well. So that, that's a positive getting Claypool and Mooney back on the field will certainly help in training camp. Um, but it did, you know, allow someone like Dante Pettis, who I thought had a solid um, three days at, at mini camp that we saw in, in closed out practice on Thursday with a couple touchdowns, you know, Velas Jones get more involved, but it's, it's not wrong to say that fields was up and down and didn't look great out there. Um, now Thursday was by far his best practice of the offseason that I've seen. I mean, he was a lot more crisp. They were doing red zone stuff with the lack of pass rush. Um, you know, the ball was getting out quick. Um, the ball was getting to open wide receivers. Wide receivers were making plays, um, rarely touched the ground in the red zone and seven on seven, which is a big positive. So it's still a work in progress. Like there's a lot of hype around Justin Fields. There's a lot of hype around this offense under Luke Getze in another year. And there should be, but at the same time, you know, we might have to temper expectations a little bit. Like it's not all going to be perfect. And just because it's not perfect in OTAs and minicamp doesn't mean it can't be perfect or really good in training camp. And, you know, uh, I could like, for example, like if they're really good in training camp and we're all reporting it, like that doesn't mean that they were bad in OTAs and minicamp, which is, you know, probably what's going to happen. The fans are going to get a little upset on Twitter and say, well, you were against Justin. I mean, at this point, man, I've heard it all. I I have legit heard it all from uh, fans on Twitter. It's just, it's one of those things you kind of just have to live with, but yeah, I mean, you you know, that's going to be one of the big things for me. and, And I'm sure everyone else to watch for in training camp is Justin Fields leading that first team offense in the second year under Luke Etsy. Well, yeah, and I think that we're just in that day, you know, that that the era of social media where everybody wants 
everybody wants the you know wants information right then and there which i can get because i mean it, it's one of those things like the bears shutting down ota practices and not allowing media except for one day a week is pretty ridiculous but at the same time it also causes for a lot of overreactions and i mean this is something i tweeted about and i really haven't spent that much time on twitter lately but this is one of the things i tweeted about i think it was last week or the week before it's like Nobody remembers OTAs or minicamp once you get into training camp. Nobody remembers training camp once the preseason starts. Nobody remembers anything before the regular season once the regular season starts. So it's one of those things where, you know, like it all feels so much more real in the moment and it feels so much more important in the moment than what really is because the reality is, is that these are just practices. And especially for OTAs and minicamp, I mean, you're talking about not even full speed practices, no pads, no nothing like that. I mean, this isn't even real football yet. It's it's impossible to evaluate the running game. It's impossible to evaluate the offensive line. It's impossible to evaluate the defensive line. It's basically seven on seven. And even at that, like you said, I mean, you know, obviously Justin Fields, you'd like to see him be more consistent. But when you're without your top two receiver, you know, top two of your three receivers for the majority of that. I mean, it's just going to happen. We saw what Dante Pettis can do last year. We saw what Ekumenemia St. Brown could do last year. It's like those guys are known commodities that are just not very good. They are on a good receiving core. They are number fives or number sixes, right? And so that's kind of the thing where, you know, it, it just I, I, I will never understand the overall overreactions to everything. It's like because really the precursor doesn't mean anything. Because if you think about it, I mean, look at, I mean, I, I don't remember anything coming out about Trevor Lawrence last year in terms of good or bad. I don't remember anything coming out about Joe Burrow except for the fact that he looked really bad his first like two weeks and in, in you know his rookie his rookie year during training camp. It's like the thing is, is you don't remember any of that because it means absolutely nothing. If Justin Fields is up and down, and then as soon as week one starts, he goes out there and throws for three hundred yards and you know three or four touchdowns, and they beat the crap out of the Packers, and he has a Jalen Hurts type year three, nobody's going to care what these practices look like. So again, obviously, you know, it's all we have in the moment, but I, I just think it's really important to kind of keep perspective on, you know, the actual important things and really performance isn't one of those. It's more, you know, at, le at least, a, you know, performance in that aspect. I, I think that, you know, what the coaches are seeing matters a whole lot more. Like I said, I think the roster battles and how some of this stuff's going to shape out because I mean, you know, the reality of it is, is the coaches already have a pretty good idea heading into training camp of who they think is going to make the team and who are going to get those first shots. And obviously things change as, as, as performances happen or whatever, but this is a very key moment for some of these guys, um, especially the bottom end of the roster guys where, I mean, we've already seen it. I mean, we saw it last year too with Braxton Jones, how he basically rotated in at left tackle those last few practices during minicamp and OTAs and all of a sudden training camp breaks and he's a starting left tackle and he never relinquished that, you know, and it's like you start looking at some of the happenings from the coach's point of view. And I mean, the fact that Darnell Wright, basically, what was he like the second string tackle for like a week. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's thrown right into the fire at right tackle. So I think that those are the more important things to kind of look at um, and, and to kind of focus on. But again, once we get into the training camp, it will be the same freak out until until preseason starts. And then, and I'm sure you you notice this too because the interaction goes way down. Nobody cares about training camp practices as soon as that first preseason game happens. That preseason game happens, and nobody cares about those those final few training camp practices. So. I think more than anything, it's just exciting that football is getting close to being back. Um, you know, it's the off seasons are always long and it's, 
especially for as much as the Bears have done this offseason and for as much activity as there has been and for as many changes, frankly, that have gone on in the division. I mean, it's it's one of those things I'm sure we'll kind of get into it as we get in the training camp where it's like, man, the, the entire division has really changed. You know, Minnesota has kind of retooled on the fly and got got rid of a lot of veterans and and obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay, and that that team looks drastically different. The Lions are the favorites to win the division. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of changes outside of that that I think makes this season a little bit more exciting because again, nobody nobody expected the Jaguars to go from worst to first, the number one overall pick two years in a row to first place. And obviously they wouldn't have done that um, had the division been better. But I think that that's a situation that we could see the Bears in or another team with an NFC North. Um, but again, it's all got to play out on the field first. There's, you know, a process to all this. Um, I mean, frankly, the only things I really care about during training camp um, is just that guys aren't getting hurt. Cause I think we kind of experienced that last year where you kind of get in, you, you have this anticipation waiting to see certain players and then guys get hurt and you either don't see them at all or whatever it may be. I mean, take, uh, who was the, Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on the the corner. He was a, I think he was an undrafted guy or he's like a late round pick from, I think it was Oregon. Um, why am I drawing uh, a blank on his Thomas name? You know Graham? who I'm talking about? Thomas Graham. Yeah. And remember how he was going to get a shot to win that starting job. And then he got hurt and he was basically out all of training camp. And he didn't make the team. So that's what I'm saying. Like, those are the kind of situations where, like, things can change in the drop of a dime. Um, so I think that it's just all kind of worth keeping in this perspective as we, you know, talk about OTAs and minicamp and then even when we get in training camp. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt. That's that's going to be another big storyline. And, you know, I agree with you. I, I think the NFC North is, is wide open. It's really hard to pick a favorite right now. Um, you know, Detroit probably going into this training camp would be my favorite. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people's favorite as well, especially in the betting markets. And, you know, they've added some pieces. They are coming off one of their best seasons in a couple of years. Um, they're riding high off, off eliminating Green Bay from the playoffs, essentially with that week 18 win over them. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting all the hype, but I mean, you're right. It, it's as wide open as it's ever been. And it's crazy how, you know, even with, what's happened with the Vikings and even with the additions the Lions have made, like Aaron Rodgers leaving that division had the biggest impact. It basically made it that wide open. It, you know, gave everyone a chance when he left and, you know, Green Bay didn't win it last year, the division, but still, I mean, he was still the best quarterback, arguably the best player in that division for a long time. And, him being gone, now it opens the door. Now the Bears have a chance. Like the Bears have a chance to have the better quarterback uh, of the two teams and have a chance to go out and, like Ryan Pohl said, you know, take the take the North and, and never get it back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still a long ways from that. We still have training camp to go, and there'll be a lot of stuff, you know, going on, um, you know, with training camp and. Maybe not stuff leading into it, but a lot of stuff during the training camp uh, process as, as well. Well, we still have, I mean, the other thing to keep in mind is we still have a month of the offseason left. You know, like just looking at over the cap earlier today, the Bears still have $32.5 million in cap space. They still lead the league in cap space. And, and that's kind of the thing is I think that this is also a chance for, you know, the scouts and the, and the coaching staff to really go back through and really evaluate 
okay, what do we need? And I think obviously, you know, the, the most glaring need that they have right now is Ed Rusher. And we've seen With some of those guys time. sign. Yeah. You know, we've seen some of those guys sign. We've seen Leonard Floyd sign, but you know, at the same time, there's also quite a few names out there that still make sense for the bears. Uh, I think Yannick Ngakwe is the one that obviously makes the most sense. I think Justin Houston in a one-year capacity can make some sense. I mean, really what it comes down to is, Edge rusher is a, is a hard position to fix in one offseason. It's a hard position to get elite players at anyway. So it's like, I think for the Bears, especially because again, I, I I don't know if, if if playoffs are the right expectation this year. That feels maybe a little too lofty. But considering that the division that they're in, I mean, the goal should obviously be to win, right? So even adding a guy like Justin Houston, who's 34 years old, is still you know an extremely productive guy. A guy like Yannick Ngakwe, you know, that the the talk is that he wants. A multi-year deal. I would honestly have no issue with the Bears giving him like a two-year, twenty million dollar deal and guaranteeing one year of that because I think that there's still, yes, he's bad against the run, but I, th- I think that there's still a good amount of value as a pass rusher, especially on pass rushing downs. I mean, that's what they need. Um, and then obviously, you kind of start going through some of these other spots and kind of looking around and, and, and figuring out maybe they want to add a blocking tight end. You know, that they they have multiple different avenues that they could go down. Um, that I think is also going to be interesting because at this time, you know, going into training camp last year when they opened training camp is when, you know, the the announcements of signing Michael Schofield and, and Riley Reef happened. So the Bears are sitting in a good spot. Um, obviously, extensions are another one. I, I, I would expect at some point in time uh, over the next month or two, Cole Komet's going to get an extension. The Darnell Mooney thing is going to be interesting. Jalen Johnson's going to be interesting. I think he's still in the process of finding an agent, which obviously is probably holding things up right now. But there's still, I mean, there's still going to be quite a few storylines, not even just practice, but in terms of, you know, them still adding the roster, they still have plenty of flexibility and looking at next year. Again, obviously it's just a projection at this point. You'll have to see, but they're projected to have about 95 million um, in cap space next year. And that's not counting any rollovers or anything like that. That's counting, you know, the, 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 the max or the minimum of 51 players. So, I mean, that's a, at least a decent number. Obviously, extensions will change that if they sign anybody else that could change that too. But the Bears are going to be sitting in another good position next year as well. So it's just, I don't know, I, I feel like this is this is an advantageous for, spot for the Bears to be in where they don't have any lofty expectations. Nobody should be expecting a Super Bowl at this point. But I think they still have a chance to get, you know, get better, um, obviously both by adding players and then also just the development that goes on with their, their 10, you know, their 10 uh, uh, player rookie class and and just some of the other young guys that they have on the roster. I think that that's what kind of makes things uh, exciting. Yeah, it will be fun to uh, watch us all unfold here as training camp begins in late July and, and making our way through the nine open public practices. And I think a total of 14 or 15 plus um, the preseason games as well. And then, you know, before we know it, man, week one is going to be here and it's going to be Bears Packers late afternoon on, on Fox um, at Soldier Field, and it's going to be hopefully the start to a good season. We need a good season here in Chicago. It's been too long since so we kind of had those 2018 vibes. Um, we need that, and if that happens, that means Justin Fields is really good, and that means that the Bears probably have the right coaching staff and front office in place. But uh, anything else that comes to your mind, Aaron, that we should cover before uh, we head out here? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, this is kind of the kind of the dead zone. Hopefully, we'll we'll see some action with a move or two over the next few weeks. Yeah, hopefully, maybe um, you know a free agent signing, something along those lines. Um, maybe it can come through, and we'll have something to talk about <laughs> with that. But um, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? At where can everyone read your work? 
Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can uh, follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z A C K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be back again with another episode, previewing training camp coming up within the next month, get all that stuff taken care of, um, and then lead you right into training camp with some news, notes, and anything else that goes on. As always, please stay safe and please stay healthy.